Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 11th of June. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, great to be here with you again. Not a great day for the local market. Not a great day, but it's been a great run, so we have to put everything into context. But uh, ugly, ugly day. Uh, not all that unsurprising, though. Uh, look, Everyone's, everyone's been trying to go and say, no, it's because of what the Fed said overnight, particularly Jerome Powell offered a somber outlook towards the economy. Uh, well, maybe, but in my opinion, it's probably bunkum. It's, uh, so not, what is it then? Well, look, it's had an incredibly run high. Risks have been pushed to the side. It's been onwards and upwards. Uh, look, in the US, we've seen stocks go and reclaim you know, basically like all the losses, positive year to date. Uh, there's still so much uncertainty out there. And uh, I think this is, the, this is the moment where people think, well, hang on, we've had a very good run. Maybe it's time to go and take something off the table. Yeah, one uh, market commentator said it's the collision of hope and reality. And uh, reality did hit hard. The X2C, the Chi X200, was down by 3.3% by the close of trade. And there was selling to the close of trade. And the S&P ASX 200 down by 3%, so below that 6,000 level now snapping that seven session winning streak we haven't seen a fall like this since may the first i mean yeah you think it was time for a bit of a breather the question then becomes is this the start of uh you know a couple days of selling you know what happens tomorrow you would think would be really important yes if you get a follow-up uh scenario where you get another similar decline then i think it's going to go and put the uh, other cat amongst the pigeons there's Obviously, lots of risk out there. There's also a lot of money, but uh, we know this market has been driven by momentum and elements of speculative behavior. If we get another big four, and then that's uh, replicated on Wall Street into Friday, then you'll see whether that uh, support, buying support that we're seeing so much over the past couple of months is willing to go and step in and buy the dip. Um, yeah, a lot of roads today and conversations did lead back to the FOMC last night. Clearly, the U.S. Fed is willing to do whatever it takes. The Fed chair, Jerome Powell, is very happy to run the U.S. economy hot. I was speaking with Nuveen Investments' Brian Nick earlier today, and he said the big takeaway for him is that the Fed really learned its lessons from the last early stage recovery, so the GFC, when it started to let the market price in higher interest rates in the not-too-distant future. So he's saying there was no way that the Fed chair was going to let the market start pricing that. That's why he stuck to script very strongly for the most part. And that is why the dot plots that were released were released because they showed such you know, commonality between all of those FOMC members. If you'd like to watch that interview with Naveen Investments' Brian Nick, he was joining us from New York earlier this morning. You can access it via the show notes. And Scotty, I know you've been talking today about the fact that another marked characteristic of uh, Jay Powell through the overnight period was that um, financial stability is not quite top of mind right now, not quite. 
Fed forever blowing bubbles, maybe. Uh, look, the, the big takeaway for me was, uh, was basically that uh, he doesn't care about asset prices. Uh, he cares about employment and inflation. And unless there's a, an extreme scenario where financial risks assert themselves, I don't think the Fed's going to really do anything about it. They're going to go and maintain ultra easy policy until they're going to achieve their dual mandate. So in that aspect, well, we saw today that stocks fell and uh, I know risk assets in general had a very bad day. But in such an environment where just relentless selling, we're talking about just asset purchases alone from the Fed, 120 billion US dollars each and every month for the foreseeable future. Uh, Kicking that moral hazard can down the road. Well, I just look, he's hoping like heck, and I can understand why, that he doesn't want to go and deal with that problem. But down the line, we know it's going to happen. If you run too much, uh, no, too much money goes into asset prices, it comes disconnected to reality, and then it pops. We saw in the GFC what happens in that scenario, but as we saw in the lead up, it takes many, many years for those to go and manifest themselves. But that's what it seems like they're willing to go and sacrifice. Well, hey, look, we don't care about asset prices until we go and get what we want from our objectives, we're going to continue doing what we're doing right now. All right. Stock specifics. Today, early on, we heard from JB Hi-Fi. So it has upgraded its full year profit forecast, expecting sales of $7.8 billion in net profit into the billions, representing growth of about 2.2%. Clearly, it benefited uh, from that work from home scenario. And we spoke with CEO Richard Murray, and he says, look, the trends that are in place, not just from work from home, but with the schools on board, you know, technology is a key thematic for the company moving forward. And you can listen to that Um, and access that video via the show notes. Another company that has done really well in the retail space off the back of this COVID crisis is Kogan.com. Now, it closed out its $100 million institutional placement today. It uh, closed up by about 7%. It is also our stock of the day. So on the call, David Kosh discussed Kogan.com with two expert guests. Let's listen in to see what uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life had to say. I guess the starting point for me is that, as you know, I do like this online retail theme. If you want to capture some of the joy de vivre in the moment, uh, with lots of retail shareholders jumping on board and and piling into stocks, at least Kogan was also growing prior to COVID. So you could argue that the pandemic has probably just accelerated what they were already doing well anyway. Having said that, uh, it's it's kind of strange to me to see them raising $100 million, a little bit surprising. They already had cash on the balance sheet. They'd already made a couple of very small acquisitions that they wouldn't have needed to raise money for. And given, you know, they pay a business and essentially are making plenty of money, so they say at the moment. Uh, having said that, onto the second part of your question about the share purchase plan, I think given that that's an opportunity to buy shares at $11.45 and the current share price is uh, 13.65. It's a definitely a no-brainer to think about applying for for shares, uh-huh. uh, but I'm not a holder and I'm not buying either. Um, after such a strong run-up, and it's easy to think that this share price will only go up. I actually think there will come a time when it, it will come down again, and it will become uh, increasingly volatile. Yeah. I think Afterpay and very much represents the future in the, in the share market, but I, I don't own shares in any of them. For, for two reasons. Um, one is um, they are on many, many occasions um, very, very popular. And the other thing is, is the issue of governance. And with Kogan, um, the, the, the problem there was a little bit, 
he has in the past been propping up the share price in order to sell some shares. So that was Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena ending uh, that view on Kogan. So both of those experts not buying right now. Well, Scuddy, um, it was an interesting week for economic data here in Australia with the NAB Business Survey as well as the Consumer Confidence Read coming from Westpac in particular. Tomorrow, nothing much of note on the agenda. No, and really abroad as well. It's, it's a fairly quiet end to the week. And I think that um, especially those in Australia who enjoyed a long weekend last weekend, they probably need to have a quiet day. So I think there'll be a lot of interest to see what happens with the price action. Now, we'll see what the, uh, what the US market's going to do overnight. Uh, if we get a significant sell-off there, then it'll be all attention on what's, uh, what's happening in these markets. Okay, great guest coming up for you. I say the same thing every day, but it is true. We have not disappointed, I hope, yet. Uh, at 11.15, I'll be interesting to speak with um, Omkar Joshi. He's from Opal Capital. So we'll be talking about the banks, and uh, we'll find out whether he thinks the bank rally is over. We'll also be speaking with Maganthan Siva. He's Managing Director of India Avenue Investments. So he's been doing a lot of work on um, yeah, some of the cheap companies there. And uh, he'll talk to us about some portfolio adjustments that he's made when it comes to that emerging markets, which you know, lots of people think um, have a lot of, of upside going forward, particularly in relation to some of the heat coming out of the US dollar. Uh, we'll also um, be speaking with Paul Napthali. So he is the co-founder of Rampersand VCs, that's a, a venture capital fund. So he's going to be telling us what he looks for when it comes to investing in early stage tech. It's a topic we love here. And as per usual, to round out the week, Shane Oliver, head of investment strategy and chief economist at AMP Capital, will give us his signposts from the week and tell us what we need to know ahead of the the five-day trading week we get next week, Scotty. Exactly. I'll have to ask Shane about his holiday window and spend the long weekend up at the Blue Mountain, so I'll ask how he went there. I'll be looking forward to that. Hey, looking forward to seeing you again, Scotty, tomorrow morning. We'll do it all again. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So that's it for today. A uh, big thanks again to Capstream for its support of this podcast. And you can get more information in your episode notes or you can visit capstream.com.